Good day, Movie Maniacs. Thank you so much for tuning in to this replay episode. So this is Sky, and my brother Dusty, he's at home doing things with his family. Because, of course, it's Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So in uh, last week's episode number 75 on Ford v. Ferrari, we said we were going to learn from Team America this week. Well, because Thanksgiving's here and family's coming into town... Dusty and I just didn't fit watching the movie into our schedule, so we're going to postpone it. We will cover it eventually, uh, just not this week. So today's episode is a replay of our Galaxy Quest episode. It originally aired on January 17th, 2019. Now, I chose this one because a new documentary uh, just came out, and it's called Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary. So there's a lot of nostalgia for this movie in the air right now. Uh, So it felt like the right time to dust it off and replay it for y'all. So thanks again for tuning in this week. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode. It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Galaxy Quest. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. So, Dusty, how many late nights have you had with the Cremorian Fangor Beast? <laughs> that was that was awesome. Uh, what's that guy um, that watched him, uh, you know, they started kissing, and the guy, oh, that's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yep, yep. Totally. Hey, how, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. It's a lovely Sunday as as of this recording. Nice and sunny outside, you know, so I'm going to be spending a little bit of time maybe doing some yard work today. Yeah, you know what's funny right now, this time of year, this is January, there aren't very many movies, uh, good movies coming out. I've been looking at other movies that I, I would want to watch and do for the show, but um, right now, you know, after the Christmas season, they really... Any good like blockbuster type movie, they don't come out in January, it seems like, but it yeah. seems like late February, or sorry, early February, late January when starts, uh, you know, a few start coming out, then as soon as spring hits, that's when they start coming out. Yeah, without a doubt. So it sounds like for next week's movie, you're going to be choosing uh, an older movie, my guess. I possibly, I'm not sure. I'm still up in the air and as we go through this, because I, I mean, there's a movie, um, Replica's that's out right now, but I had to watch a trailer because the, the IMDB and IMDB, the, uh, ratings, like the ratings are horrible on it. Oh. And as I watched the um, trailer, I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's not pro- it's probably not something I really want to watch, but anyways. Yeah. So I am still, I have a couple in mind, but, um, probably when we get done, I'll be able to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I feel you there. I saw the movie poster for replicas and I love Keanu Reeves. But, you know, I haven't heard anything, haven't heard anything good or bad about it. So I'm guessing it's not really much of a movie. And because you and I aren't critics, um, I go to the movies for fun. And, you know, I I see movies that I want to see. I don't want to watch movies that might make me cry or they feel like homework, that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you about replicas there. Yeah, completely agree. Um, But yeah, so I'm glad you picked Galaxy Quest. Like I said, I never saw it before. I saw a couple little clips here and there. I still remember beforehand, like when I saw those little babies, you know, little baby like kids walking out like the aliens. The miners, not miners. Oh, yeah. I was like, um, oh, I remember this scene because I remember seeing it or something like it. And I was like, oh, waiting for that that one little dude to get eaten and stuff. I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. But other than that, I didn't know anything about it. So it was fun watching the show. 
Good. I'm glad to hear, man. I really enjoyed it again. I don't know. Um, I guarantee, I know I saw it in theaters when it came out in 99, but I've probably seen the movie 20, 25 times, you know, since then. And it's just, it's one of my favorite, like I said before, one of my favorite sci-fi movies, but probably like the number one sci-fi comedy that there is. I can't think of a better one, at least right now. 25 times? Give or take, yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Oh man. Okay. So let me see. I want to start with, with that. What is your rating for the movie? Because if you've seen it that many times, it's got to be high. Yeah. I give it a hundred. Wow. Yeah. This is probably, um, at a minimum, it's a top 20 movie of all time for me, possibly in my top 10. I've, I've never actually tried to create a top 10 list, but this is really high up there. Man, I, I definitely didn't like it nearly as much as you did, apparently. I gave, so, you know, we usually try to stay out of the 70s. Um, you know, above is, is something that you would want to watch over and over again. You really enjoyed it. Below that is like, yeah, it was good. And once you get down to the 50s, it's like, no, don't watch it. So I gave it a solid 70. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah. And the reason why it was, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. But then I, I was going to give it like an 82 or an 83, but then I realized I'm probably never going to watch it again. Uh. And it, even though I liked it, even though I thought I, I had a lot of fun, I thought um, uh, Tim Allen did a fantastic job. Actually, all the actors um, were terrific and it really, really enjoyed it. I just realized I'm not going to watch it again. So that jumped it from like 80 all the way down to a statement, but I gave it a 70. Wow, man. Yeah, I give it 100 because there's a lot of stuff in it. You have to really suspend your disbelief for a lot of it. But for this movie, I'm totally able to look beyond everything. Like, you know, how would an alien culture see historical documents as real, like actually what happened, you know? Or or how do you, yeah. from a TV show, the Omega-13 pops up in the very last episode. How do you build an Omega-13 from that that's able Seriously. to jump back 13 seconds, you know? So there's a lot of big logic leaps and things that just make no sense. But... I think the movie achieved what it set out to do. It wanted to be like a satire and a funny look at Star Trek and take a lot of the conventions that we know about Star Trek and kind of not really turn them on the, on its head, but use them to tell a funny story. And I just think the movie set out 100% to achieve, or it, it, it achieved 100% what it set out to do. So that's why I really liked it. And like you said, great acting, great storyline. And I'm laughing just about the entire time. Like there's funny stuff after, like funny thing after funny thing the entire way. Loved it. I'm with you. Now, when you think of like a spoof or, or like a sci-fi spoof or something, it for me, it doesn't even hold a candle to Spaceballs. You know, so when I'm trying to look at between the two, I'm like, well, Spaceball, that, that's 100 for me, in my opinion. Um, and when I looked at Galaxy Quest, I liked it. I, I actually did have a good time. But um, yeah, I didn't have as many laughs. But I completely understand what you're saying. It, it was a really, and like you, like you said, um, what they set out to do, I think they did a really good job and I really enjoyed it. I loved the way like each, even Tim Allen's character, like his arrogantness and not, it's not necessarily arrogant, but like he's just um, full of himself, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily arrogant. Like he's, he's, you know, uh, above everybody. He's just really full of himself. Like he's it, the fame really got to his head, even though it was how many years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I, I did enjoy it, but um, you know, to give it anything above the the rating that I did, uh, I, I I wasn't able to do that, but I did like just about, you know, the entire movie. It was enjoyable. Yeah, good, good. I'm happy that you mentioned Spaceballs because that I just completely forgot about that 
you and I have talked about and we've watched Spaceballs a hundred times. Actually, Spaceballs is probably a better movie and more enjoyable for me than this. So I'm going to adjust my score from a hundred to a 95 because Spaceballs is definitely a hundred and it is better and more rewatchable than this one. So Got it. making a little adjustment there. I'm glad you brought that up because at the time I was thinking about the score, thinking about the movie. I couldn't think of any other funny sci-fi movies. You know, occasionally a movie yeah. just completely escapes your, you just can't pick it up at the time. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you mentioned Spaceballs. Sure. Awesome. So um, in in watching the movie, it really brought me back to thinking of mom and, you know, she loved Star Trek. You know, she she I'd say she liked Star Wars, but she loved Star Trek. And we grew up watching, obviously, the Star Trek, but but mostly not just regular Star Trek with, um, uh, you know, Spock and all them. But we started watching which one is it's not Voyager. It was the the next generation. Next generation. She got us watching that all the time. And so that's why when I watched Galaxy Quest, all the next generation just popped into my brain. Like every little scene that it came up, I was like, I was picturing last gen or next generation. Totally. So was I. Yeah. A, a lot of these characters seem like they were taken from the original Star Trek series, series but there's a few things definitely that were pulled from the, the next generation, especially probably like having um, Laredo being a young kid on the ship commanding it, just like in Next Generation, um, Will Wheaton's character, I can't think of his name right now, Wesley Crusher. Um, you know, he was a oh, young yeah, kid yeah. commanding the ship. So they pulled from both series, I think. I think so. Now, what was interesting, I went to the IMDb and I saw that the budget was $45 million. At the time, obviously with CG, which had never, you know, 1999, CG wasn't nearly as good as it is like in today, 2019. But, um, you know, they did a lot of work and made it made it look really, really good. Now, the opening weekend, it made $7 million, but gross for USA was $71 million, and commutative worldwide is $90 million. So basically... Doubled their money from the budget. Now, we don't know how much marketing was. If, you know, marketing was a lot of money on that one. But um, more than likely, they made some money on it. I don't know um, uh, how much, like I said, marketing would be. But it seems like without marketing, they doubled their money just on the budget of production. Yeah, it would seem that way. And um, what I've always heard is that marketing is often equal to, if not a little bit more than the budget of the movie. So you could probably assume they spent $90 million total worldwide gross box office, $90 million. They broke even, but then DVD sales and potentially some licensing with like merchandise and stuff. They, I'm sure it's a profitable movie. Hey, did you know that, or did, did you catch that when um, Saris was as the the bad guy was going to try to kill all the um, all the one all the I can't remember what the name of the aliens are in the room thermians is that their names uh-huh okay yeah all inside the room like it seems like they're letting air in but wouldn't air be getting let out it was just weird i was like that just doesn't seem right yeah i think they opened up some kind of a vent or something above and so it was sucking out all the air um unless it was a little crack you would imagine space would suck it all out almost instantaneously yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it just doesn't, and it, it was going on for a long time, and I was like, it, it's a little, <laughs> a yeah. little there, There's a lot of stuff like that that doesn't make sense, but still, like I said, I'm able to look beyond it all, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, especially because you know it's a satire, a spoof, and it's it's just to be, you know, just to have fun. Yeah. Did you also notice with um, Saris's shoulder pads, like his whole, it seemed like he was naked, even though he looked like he had a bunch of shoulder pads and stuff like that, all that stuff was like a part of him and moving. It kind of made me think of they were like his gills or something, like his shoulder pads when he was talking, they were moving. And it was like, man, this either guy, this guy's like every bit of his um, outfit is moving. So it's a part of him. So maybe he's completely naked. What did you think? 
I, I that didn't occur to me at all, but it it totally makes sense. It's possible, you know. We don't know what these creatures look like when they're just lounging around watching the historical documents at home, you know. So he could be basically naked except for uh, carrying a weapon, you know, <laughs> and his eye patch, I guess. Yeah, and those little arms that come out of his head and out of his back yep. and all that stuff. Really fun character to see. Like, obviously, very daunting when you look at him. Like, oh man, that guy is somebody that you don't want to mess with. Oh, for sure. And I really like how it wasn't CG at all. You know, he was 100% practical yep. effects, makeup. Um, I They probably had to do animatronics for the mouth and stuff. You know, I, I really like that aspect of it. Made it fun to watch too, you know. Yeah, and you caught, um, what's the kid's name? He's been in a few movies. Um, the one that they go. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Justin Long. Is that him? He was in um, like Die Hard. The uh, Yes. Yeah, the fourth yeah. Die Hard. This was his first movie. Oh, yeah. He played it really well. I mean, he seemed like his normal self, like the way he comes across in the other movies. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, liked it. I was like, oh, hey, I recognize that dude. Yeah, totally. And this was also Rain Wilson's very first film role. Who's that? Uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, Dwight Schrute. There, that was Dwight Schrute because I saw him. Yeah. I was like, Dwight. <laughs> well, he's super young and skinny here, yep. you know. So, yeah. But yeah, that is him because it is twenty years ago. Yep. Yeah, my my wife was watching it with me, and she goes, "Oh, it's Dwight." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's 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 hard to miss Dwight. He was Dwight's such a, a amazing character in The Office. He was just fantastic in that. So you easily see him in that. And Rain Wilson, he's good in everything. I mean, we talked about him a little bit in The Meg earlier this year or uh-huh. last year or summertime. And he's always good in any role. You know, I do like him a lot. Yeah. I did really like the um, uh, twist on the little baby human-like piranhas type thing. Like, oh, they're all looking all fluffy. And, or not fluffy, but like like cuddly and all that. Like yep. little babies. And, and then she, <laughs> Gwen DeMarco as Sigourney Weaver wanted to go say hi to them. And then it was great when Guy grabs her and says, did you ever see the show? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna turn ugly and get scary and start killing things it was so good man he was uh he was the comic relief you know he was the plucky comic relief but he was also the guy that was kind of cognizant of the situation and he was the one who while the actors were in the show he was the one who uh maybe he maybe he was more of a fan of the show so he kind of sees the actual situation that they're in where the actors are probably still thinking like hey it's an act we're we're acting it's a show still now who are you talking about Sam, sam rockwell yeah, Sam Rockwell, yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, guy. That's right, guy. Um, man, Sam Rockwell. Man, for some reason, like his personality. No matter what character he plays, if if it's in Iron Man, if it's in this, but his personality feels like it's a cat, cat scratching a chalkboard to me. Does it come across like that to you? No, not at all. I love Sam Rockwell in any movie I've ever seen him in. Uh, sorry, I think he's great. Don't get me wrong. But just the way his personality comes across, like in this movie, he was fun. Um, he did a really good job. He wasn't arrogant. Like he wasn't, you know, like, but just I, maybe I guess it's, it's probably just me. But like just something about him in every movie. I just feel like, like I cringe when I see his acting, even though I know it's good acting. It's just the way it come across to me. Like his personality is like, man, I just... I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, I never get that feeling from him. That's weird. I think the first time I really recognized him was in one of the um, Charlie's Angels movies. Um, and that 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 was like kind of solidifying his, um, obviously he's acting and he's the bad guy in the Charlie's Angel. And then seeing him in Iron Man was it Iron Man um, 1, I believe, 1 or 2. But, you know, in that, Part so two. it's, yeah, you know, keep going on that series of him being an arrogant, you know, flashy type of guy. But anyways, no, I think he's a great actor. I, I really like it. But at the same time, like, just the way he comes across is a little, um, 
I like it. On you. I like it, but yeah, it kind of grates on me. So what, and this is another scene, or uh, sorry, a uh, segment in the movie, or sorry, <laughs> segment in the podcast that we liked, and I brought this in last time. What is your favorite scene in the movie? It's when they're going down to the planet for the beryllium sphere. Like, Guy says, I don't have a last name. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm just expendable. I'm going to die down there. I should be up in the ship. And when Fred Kwan is opening the door, he goes, is there air? You don't know. And he holds his voice. And, and um, you know, he pulls Sigourney Weaver back at that one point. Did you guys ever watch the show? And then the funniest thing, the funniest line in the entire movie is when Sigourney Weaver, when, when those cute little aliens start eating the one, they all start running away. And the Sigourney Weaver says, let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that whole scene, just so many funny things. I just love it. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> that was awesome. I I, I agree. I, I I remember catching it at the time, but I didn't remember it when she said that kills guy because you're like, oh wow, he's the he's the um, uh, extra that always dies. Yeah, the expendable one, or as Fred Kwan says, maybe you're the plucky comic relief, and I think that's what he was. You know, in the yeah. end, that's what he ended up being. Absolutely. So my favorite scene was when all the actors go onto the command deck for the first time. You know, they they walk on the command deck. They obviously they in the movie or the TV show they've they've done it before and all that sort of stuff. But they're like, uh, we're supposed to run this. And I love how um, uh, what's the kid's name again? Tommy is that uh, Laredo? Oh, well, Laredo. I think it's Tommy Laredo. Or no, Tommy Weber. Weber. His character's Laredo, but Tommy Weber's the actor's name. I'm sorry. There's three different names. Daryl Mitchell is the actor playing Tommy Weber, who played Laredo. <laughs> He's a dude playing another dude playing another dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep. So Laredo. Okay. So Tommy Weber is the actor's name, but Tommy Weber, not Laredo, but Tommy Laredo. Uh, Tommy Weber is walking onto the deck, and he's like, "Whoa, glad I'm not the uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure." And then glad it's not, I'm not the captain. He goes, "All right, take us out." And then he's like, "Oh, I got to do it." And then he's like, he's taking the ship out he's actually doing it and i'm like oh cool he's doing it. it's going straight and then all of a sudden you see um tommy weber's face kind of like kind of like uh uh, uh and then he could veer off to the side i thought that was awesome i loved and, it too and at the same time you see um uh both tim allen and sigourney weaver kind of turning their bodies <laughs> wanting the ship to go one way but it's not you know it's like they're, they're willing it think of like um you know when you're when you were younger playing video games you kind of like move your whole body to get your character to move yes. to the side and all that sort of stuff that's it i imagine but i loved this all that was great but what i loved was how long they they had that shot of um or or the the part where it's scrape screech scratching screeching um what you know just really the ship is scraping the whole scraping, ship's hull scraping the side of the for yeah. so long it's mm-hmm. like a minute <laughs> Time. I know it was great, we, huh? At the point where you're like, it should stop now. No, it keeps going. Yep, <laughs> they yep. keep going. No, that's good. They they did that. That whole scene was perfect. I absolutely loved it. There, so there's, I've always been a fan of um, the the point where in like just like I was just saying, something's funny and then it gets awkward. Like okay, it should be over now, but then it keeps going to where it gets even more funny because it goes even longer than it should. And so I love. In certain, um, I can't think of other movies off the top of my head that do that, but it's like, when are they going to stop? Well, they haven't stopped. That makes it even more funny because they just keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that too. And I can't think of any off the top of my dome either. Um, So let's get to the lessons. What is your first lesson? And it's probably the same as my first lesson. Um, Maybe not. I I just, I really identified, I won't say identified, as they're watching the movie, you know, the, the number one character is the captain, you know, Tim Allen's 
um, character. And so I was really watching it from him, from his perspective, um, and what lessons that I would have taken. Um, but the first thing I, I took was fully engage with everyone you talk with, no matter you know who or where, and take every person seriously. And so you could see from um, his character, uh, Tim Allen's character, um, Jason Nesmith, Nesmith um, he was, you know, just living the high life being a, you know, a celebrity and, you know, not really taking everybody seriously. And obviously when the, um, uh, uh, math, math, mathsar, 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 that's mathsar, what it is. Yeah. Mathsar comes to him and asks him, you know, he's not taking anybody seriously and doesn't even look at him. Kind of reminds me of when you think of the Lego Batman movie where Bruce Wayne is walking and he's inside the, the, the ball, the ball or the, uh, gala. The, you know, the ball where they introduce the new Commissioner Gordon. And he's like, sees her, but then you have Robin talking to him. And basically, he adopts Robin without even knowing it because he's not even paying attention to him. He's looking at her. Same thing with this, um, you know, Jason Nesmith. He dev- doesn't even, you know, everybody from um, anybody he talks to on Earth. Then when he's actually drunk and hungover, talking to people in the space, like he's not taking anybody seriously. So that's my perspective is uh, fully engage with everybody you talk to. Don't be thinking of other things. Fully engage with them and then take every person seriously. I like that, man. That's a really good lesson and and a good exemplifier of that lesson. Everybody says like Bill Clinton or Tom Cruise. Those are the two guys that when you're talking to them, you feel like you're the only person in the room and they're giving you their 100% attention. And so it's a really good way to get on other people's sides, I think, you know, and Jason Nesmith, you're right, was not demonstrating that. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. I, I kind of got, I heard something about that, about Tom Cruise, but I could understand how Bill Clinton would absolutely absolutely feel like that because, yeah, if as long, like, no matter who you're talking to, um, it could be somebody famous or somebody not, but when they, it, when it seems like they're not even interested or they're not even listening or they don't even care, it's like, man, this person's a jerk. But when the person is fully engaged in the conversation with you, you're like, man, I like that person. That person really cared about what I had to say. Totally, totally. And I I really like that lesson. It kind of leads into my second lesson. Um, The lesson is never meet your heroes. So like you were saying, Jason Nesmith has this attitude about him. He disappointed a ton of fans with his kind of like short attitude um, at the beginning of the film within that convention, you know, and this probably turned all of those fans off to him forever because they'll remember that one interaction above all others. They sure will. So now you're taking that to your... I guess, um, uh, apply, applying it, um, to you, make it applicable. So you would not meet any of your heroes. I wouldn't go out of my way to meet them. No, uh, uh-uh. I've heard, I've heard too many horror stories about people meeting like Steve Martin for the first time and he brushes them off. He's a really good guy, but he gets so many people coming up to him all the time that it's hard to give everybody the attention that they kind of want. You know what I mean? So if, if the situation presented itself, I was in an elevator next to somebody or we were at dinner, they were right at the next table, I might say something at the end of dinner, but for them, I'm never going to go out of my way to meet one of my heroes, no. Yeah, yeah. And so I, what I've done, if ever I meet anybody that's famous or that I appreciate that I wanted to say something, usually for me, and I don't do this very often, but um, I would just literally take five seconds Hi, 
um, you know, whatever your name is, my name is Dustin Hine. I really appreciate what you do. It was very, very cool. I don't want to take any more of your time. I just want to tell you that and then leave. That's what I would do because I value their time and I value, you know, if they want to talk to me more then I'm fully for, with it, but that's what I've done in the past. It's just, you know, a quick introduction and what, it, what's been pretty neat, a couple people that I've done that to, and you're like, Oh, so, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, yeah. um, tell me a little about yourself, which is really, really cool. You know, that, that they took the time to do, do something like that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Meeting your heroes. It could really let you down. Yeah, it totally could. Yep, yep, yep. My second lesson is if you ever become a celebrity, don't become a jerk and don't let it get to your head. You know, I doubt that I'll ever become a celebrity. I'm pretty almost 100% positive. I never will. I don't ever want to be because like you said, like with um, uh, uh, Martin Short or uh, Steve Martin um, or I don't know, Kobe Bryant or wherever, they can't go anywhere. Tom Hanks, you know, just everybody. They can't go anywhere without anybody um, cause not a lot of people are like you and I, where we wouldn't bother them because, um, you know, Hey, just because I've seen them on TV doesn't mean I should go and bother them. Um, but there are a lot of people that aren't like us that would just literally, Oh, let me take all your time. Like it's, yeah. So they probably get that all the time. But anyways, if you become a celebrity, don't be, don't let it get to your head and don't be a jerk. Totally, totally love that lesson. And I guarantee you or I, we, we, we won't have that problem. I mean, we're not doing things that are going to get us crazy famous, but even if we do, like we've lived, I've me for over 40 years, you for 40 years, almost pretty soon. Um, uh, we didn't grow up crazy famous or anything, so we're not going to turn into jerks, you know, if it does happen. Yeah. And was it you that told me about, or did I hear it? about uh, Vin Diesel and what he did before he became famous. Yeah, I told you about that because yeah. I heard on it, about it on a podcast, yeah. I was like, dude, that uh, that's kind of, I don't know, uh, good and bad. Like, when you said it, I was like, man, that's kind of arrogant. Like, that's kind of... That's kind of jerkish, you know. Like, this is what it's like to be not famous. I'm gonna bask in it. Yeah, I, yeah. There, there is that way to look at it, but there's also the whole. Uh, a lot of people espouse the virtues of like visualization. So my guess is he's a fan of visualization and oh, maybe yeah. getting up to becoming famous and getting these movie roles. He's just always wanted to be big and famous and rich and in st- star of crazy movies and have tons of fans. So he was probably visualizing the future by kind of thinking about the present present and how he's not going to ever experience um empty alleyways again or empty streets because everyone will be surrounding him in the future you know yeah yeah i I, i'm right there with you so um what's your first one because we skipped your first year first lesson it's of course the tagline for the movie never give up never surrender (laughs) that's got to be it that's the number one lesson to take away from this movie anything in life if you set out to do something keep working at it uh until you achieve it you know unless it somehow turns into something you don't want anymore then go ahead and drop it you know give it up but never give up never surrender is the message that is awesome and i remember um, kind of reminds me of a couple ones. Number one definitely reminds me of Cobra Kai's um, tagline. You know what that was? I can't remember. Wasn't it no retreat? No, like, no surrender? Was that no retreat? Maybe no it was. I, I just don't was remember. Was that something else? But yeah, very, very. So I can't remember where. I think it was that, but it was something like that. Like, um, oh, yeah. No, sorry. Completely off. So um, Cobra Kai was, you know, fear does not exists in this dojo and anyways but the other one that i really like that goes along with what you're saying with um uh never give up um never surrender is in the independence day not in sorry not independence day what's the one with bruce willis the uh, armageddon armageddon bruce willis's character his quote or his, his all go and no quit i i love that yep all go no quit big nuts harry stamper <laughs> there we go i remember that line <laughs> 
<laughs> from one of your favorite actors. Do you remember who said that? Wasn't that um, Ben Affleck? Steve Buscemi? Ben Affleck. No, oh, my goodness. Ben Affleck who That's said it, right. Yeah. That was, oh, man, Ben Affleck. Don't even get me started on how <laughs> amazing. Well, you know what? I would have loved him even more. Uh, if he was in Team America, he would have been really good in that. Yeah, he would have. Best puppet ever. Yes, he would have been great. He might have even beat Matt Damon I in know, Team uh, America yep. in his acting skills. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one movie I want to see Ben Affleck in, it was Team America. It would have been Team America. Yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome. And so what is your third lesson? My third lesson is leave when you're on top or... When you're just starting to descend, like if I ever go on along the idea of if I ever become a celebrity, become famous, like don't try to marinate as long as you can to where you become rotten and, and old and stale. And so, you know, once your time has passed, find something new to do or note when it's time to move on. You never want to be seen as a has-been. And absolutely, those guys were horribly has-beens. I honestly would not have been associated with those guys, you know, the, them going from, you know, show to show to show or car dealership, you know, uh, starting up or something like that. It's like, there's no way I would have any part of doing that. I'm like, no, nope, I'm moving on. Yep. Totally. So that's well. That's what everybody currently does, right? The only people that you'll catch at conventions, unless they pay them a crazy amount of money, are those who don't have really good career prospects right now, right? So, like at uh, at a Star Trek convention, you'll probably never see William Shatner there because he's busy with so many other things, and he's eighty five years old. You know, uh, he just has so much other things going on. But you might see Sulu there, um, George George Takei. Takei. You know, oh, yeah. you'll you'll absolutely see him there. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So it just depends on what you've got going on right now. But you're right about that. When your time has passed, I mean, you can go ahead and keep doing the acting thing, but there are certain things that uh, just is a sign that you aren't anywhere where you used to be. And if if you can't accept that, then you've got to step out, like you said, and do something new. Pursue other dreams, you know? Something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally. And my third lesson is always do what you know is right and stand by your actions. And and I know that all those actors, they knew that keeping up the charade with the historical documents, they knew that that was wrong, yet they went along with it, and then they kind of made things worse for the Thermians. You know what I mean? you got to do the thing that's right and and always be willing to, like, like they were basically lying and saying, oh, yes, we are these people that you know from the historical documents. But now they were doing the wrong thing, and they knew it. So we need to learn a lesson from that and only do what we think is right and the things that we're willing to stand behind. Yeah, they were going off of Jason Nesbitt's, Nesmith's um, uh, lead, where he was like, yeah, guys, do it, do it, do it. But, no. but um, you know, it seems like they were following along, but yeah, it was right to tell them. And what's awesome is uh, Mathazar, at the very end, uh, thought, no, they, they were just joking in that. No, they were actually, you know, and so, oh, well, you know, <laughs> at least everything worked out really, really well in the very end. It did, it did. And I like the fact that um, uh, Jason Nesmith actually was able to uh, assume the lead, right? Like he was the leader on the show. It seemed like he was the kind of leader within the, within their group as actors booking gigs and stuff. Um, uh, it was cool that he became the leader on the show as well and was able to do a good job of it. You know, he was giving people orders at the end when they were trying to retake the ship and fight off Saris. He knew what he was doing. He had a plan and everybody, uh, well, and their plan succeeded, you know? Yeah, and one of his best orders, and I agree, I thought that was really, really cool, and it worked out really, really well. Um, I liked how 
not Laredo, but you know, Tommy Weber, like the actual actor, um, you know, tell the actor instead of, you know, basically, Hey, when you were a kid, you learned this. I want you to go learn how to fly the ship. Like that's what you need to do. I thought that was one of the best decisions he could have done. Oh, absolutely. It was. I loved it too. Yep. yep. Oh, what did you think about the whole scene with the chompers and going down? Um, and then when Gwen DeMarco, Sigourney Weaver's character, she sees that, she goes, oh, screw this. This episode was badly written. Whoever wrote it, wrote it should die. Absolutely. Why in, the, why in the world is that even in? The, like, why would you build that? <laughs> it's like you're in a ship that is supposed to be beneficial to you. Why would you put something in there that could actually crush and kill you? <laughs> yeah, but they just took that from prior Star Trek episodes and stuff where people throw things in just to just to ratchet up the suspense in the show, you know, so it made sense for it to be in this movie. And then the way she said that, you know, I'm going to kill her with this. That's not... um, I did like in that, um, uh, what's the, the kid's name that was helping him out get through all that stuff? Justin Long? Yeah, how he had to take out the trash. I was like, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was good for sure. So something else that I want to point out to you, Dust. Did you notice when when Gwen DeMarco said, oh, screw that. If you look at her lips, she's actually saying, oh, F that. Did you catch that? Sure did. Sure did. Because it was a PG-13 movie, right? No, it was a PG movie. But they removed some of the lines to get it from PG-13 down to pg and originally, when they screened this movie for people, it was too dark, too bloody, just a little bit too scary. So it automatically got that PG-13. They recut it to add back in a lot of, uh, you know, comedy and stuff. They took out uh, some bad things and they took out those bad words to get that PG rating. Ah, yeah, because, you know, being a funny movie, there's no real reason to make it uh, PG-13. Because then, you know, well, nowadays, PG-13 is really nothing. Like, they, they've upped the uh, badness of, like, what was R is now PG-13. And, and almost like what is X is now um, R. It just seems like they just keep gravitating towards getting worse and worse. And so what was, you know, bad back then would be like, oh, this is PG-13. Or, sorry, PG, no problem. Yep, totally. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. So... What was your Monday morning quarterback? Oh, my Monday morning quarterback was, um, uh, oh, it it just simply went along with that lesson. They should have been honest with the Thermians from the start. Once the whole crew was there, um, uh, they just should have been, you know, lives were on the line. It's a real ship, really in outer space. They should not be faking that they know what they're doing. That's a good point. At any time, I mean, when it ever comes down to, I personally just hate lying. I just don't like doing it at all. Um, many different reasons. Obviously, it's wrong, number one. Uh, but number two, how do you keep your lies straight? There are just so many bad things about yep. trying to lie. Um, but so okay, along with that, my Monday morning quarterback is don't drop eaves. You know <laughs> don't drop eaves? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, yep. two things. One, that's from Lord of the Rings. Yep. I wasn't <laughs> no, no, I wasn't dropping no eaves, sir. <laughs> exactly. You mm-hmm. love that. But when Nesmith is inside the bathroom, you know, he's listening to the guys. I mean, obviously you're gonna hear it because they're loud and obnoxious and stuff, but don't take any of that stuff to heart. You know, it, it whenever you hear overseer somebody saying saying something that um you weren't either supposed to hear. I mean, as best you can, tune out, not let it bother you. That's when he went on that, that you know, drinking spree that night. And that's how he went and, you know, screwed up with um, Saris and, you know, fired at him and all that sort of stuff. And so all that combined is just like, yeah, don't drop eaves. Yeah, totally, totally. And that whole story was taken from an actual experience that William Shatner had in the bathroom of a convention when he was in a stall. You're kidding me. 
Nope, nope. Well, according to IMDb, if you look at that bonus facts or or like uh, you know, uh, what what are they called? Movie fact trivia. If you look at the trivia part of IMDb, there's a lot of stuff listed there. That's one of them. Oh, I had no that's that's pretty cool. Um I was also reading that um Harold Ramis was supposed to be in the movie, but he dropped out before the production. It, it's really cool seeing the trivia because, you know, as you watch the movie, you're kind of thinking about, you know, X, Y, and Z and, you know, about the movie. And it's just also fun just seeing what either could have happened or didn't happen. Totally. I agree with you 100%. And in that trivia also, you see that a lot of the Star Trek actors watched this movie and really enjoyed it. Like, um, Patrick Stewart didn't want to watch it. And then Jonathan Frakes, you know, number one, uh, told him, you've got to go watch it. Patrick Stewart went to see it on a crowd this Saturday night and really enjoyed it with the entire audience. So uh, it sounds like this movie just hit spot on with audiences as well as with the with you know people who were actually in Star Trek. It's kind of a bummer that it wasn't such a big financial hit in theaters, but I think it's grown kind of a cult following since then. Yeah, and I I was in looking at the IMDb and seeing what the Star Trek actors were saying. Obviously, we know this was a spoof on Star Trek is easily. Um, there's a quote from William Shatner. Obviously, he's being uh, tongue in cheek. He goes, I thought it was very funny talking about the movie. Um, and I thought the audience that they portrayed was totally real. But the actors that they were pretending were totally unrecognizable. Like, certainly, I don't know who Tim Allen was Tim Allen was doing. He seemed to be the head of the group of actors for, for the life of me. I didn't understand who he was trying to portray. <laughs> well, do you see? It's, it's really tough when you read, like, the text like that because you don't get any context. You don't get to hear his tone of voice. Do you really think that he was doing that tongue-in-cheek, just jokingly being sarcastic? Or was he kind of serious about it? Because William Shatner... He can be comic and he can be joking and he can be jovial in interviews and stuff, but he seems like, for the most part, pretty serious and really kind of full of himself. I get that feeling. I I could absolutely see that, but I could not read this any other way unless somebody is absolutely, completely, 100% arrogant and stupid because... Literally, the captain is Tim Allen. And who would the captain be? Well, William Shatner or Patrick Stewart. or And it's not based off of Patrick Stewart, in my opinion, this, this character. It's more based off of William Shatner and, you know, his character. And so but I could not read it any other way. Now, if it was that he was completely serious, I'd be like, dude, we, you got bigger problems. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, yeah, it was really fun uh, going playing off of Star Trek. Um, was there? I don't remember any other um, good like or well produced movie that was a play off of Star Trek, a spoof like this. You know, I can't think of one. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, all in all, I think Spaceballs is a. Uh, it, it's top notch. And so if we're going to jump into, Oh, we got, before we get to that, I'll pause that thought. Um, the last thing we have the movie prop, what movie prop did you want from the movie? Uh, there was two ideas. The first was I would like Jason Nesmith's uniform because it was a pretty cool, sleek looking uniform, you know, his, uh, commander uniform, of course. Um, the second one was just one of those round edged green guns that Saris's soldiers carried. Oh, for me, because the movie wasn't as, you know, fantastic, you know, I gave it a 70, I would just get the tricorder or like little communicator because it's it's small and I could say, yeah, this is from it rather than something that's really, really big. Uh, you know, it kind of uh, shows that I'm not as big on the, the movie yeah. as opposed to something that's huge that I want really proclaimed, you know, big in my house or something like that. Yeah, I gotcha. 
Cool. So what was that thing you were going to get to about you were going to mention space balls and... Yeah, so I'm looking at... I want to give you the option. So there's two different movies, and I know we're going to do one of them eventually, but since we just came off of this one, I'm going to give you the option. I'm going to give you two that you can pick from. Now, the two are... there. So there's one that's coming out that is... Um, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but it's Glass with, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan. Is that uh, going to come out guy? in time for the next episode, though? Yes, yes, we can watch it. And we hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to get it in time for the next episode. It comes out this Friday coming up. So we should be able to watch it. So there's that or Spaceballs. Which one do you want to do? Man, um, oh, it's an easy choice, Spaceballs. I do want to see Glass, but I don't know if I want to see it in the theaters. I'll probably just wait for Redbox. Okay. I haven't watched it. the only the last one I've shot of of Shamalamalan. Um his movie was um the what is the one with the bees? The bees? You know, the the bees that that disappear and um you mentioned it the last uh, time. You know, Mark it had Marky Mark in it. Oh, the happening. The ha- yeah, what's happening? Um what's yeah. happening? <laughs> um that was the last movie I saw of his. Maybe I should go watch other ones. Maybe um, I should watch. Isn't there one before Glass, or is this? Yeah, you would. You should watch Split before you watch Glass. So if we choose Glass, that means you know you'll have to watch Split, and I would probably want to rewatch it to reacquaint myself with the story. Oh, because it picks up off of the last one with. Yeah, it's like Bruce a Wolf. trilogy: Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Got it. Okay. Okay. So. Spaceballs. I am so excited. And when I was watching Galaxy Quest, I was thinking, you know what? I want to watch Spaceballs. Even cool. though I, li- I liked it. Um, you know, Galaxy Quest, I was like, Spaceballs would be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad that's a really good choice. I like it. So before we close this puppy, anything else you want to mention about the movie? Uh, I can't think of... Oh, um, it did at the very end. Why well, It just striked me or struck me as we were closing out. I did like how... It did go full circle where now Captain Nesmith is actually being a captain and coming up with ideas and thinking of what to do. And the way he they had um, or he had um, Tommy Weber fly next to the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the mines, the magnetic mines, grabbing them, turning around and coming back. I was like, that's pretty cool. I like how they, you know, they made it full circle where now he's actually commanding as he should. Yeah, I like that. I agree with that. I love that too. Good, good call. And just the whole, like you said, grabbing those mag- magnetic mines uh, in order to use as a weapon was a really smart move. Absolutely, especially the first time you go through it, it destroyed your ship, and now uh, Tommy Weber's actually flying through it fine, or you know, well, and not not hitting him. And he's like, "You want to get closer? <laughs> I'm barely missing him." And I was like, "That's great." Oh, totally, it was great. I'm right there with you, Dust. Well, uh, for the audience, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate your ears. And if you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend. We will be forever grateful for that. Well, now that you know how we feel about Galaxy Quest, we would love to hear your thoughts and any life lessons that you took away from the movie. So please visit the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 31, and leave us your thoughts there. Alrighty then, my name is Sky, And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with... Spaceballs! Spaceballs!